everybody. I'm Tom. And I'm Paddy. And this is Underplayed or Overrated. And yeah, we're back again. This time, it's my wildcard choice. Wildcard. It's Steely Dan. <laughs> it's Steely Dan again. Woo! I've talked <laughs> him round so hard. He's a big time fan now. He's it's got not, all the vinyls. It's not Steely Dan. It's not. Instead, it's something even more obscure that Michael nobody, McDonald. that nobody is gonna. But when they when they hear what this what this is Doobie about, Brothers. they're just gonna go, "Nah, fam, I'm good," and they're gonna switch off. So <laughs> yeah. uh, it's been good to have you on board for the first thirty five seconds of this podcast. <laughs> if you do decide to leave, that's fine. I'll uh, I'll stand by my choice. We're taking you back to an era in time. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, so are yeah, you, it's, it's uh it's the album Is a Real Boy by the band Say Anything, uh who never quite got huge. But um there'll be songs on this album that anyone that grew up in the same period as us listening to the same sort of music as us will have heard, I think. Yeah. Um Um <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, no, the, the, I think I picked it on on a couple of on a couple of levels, right? So I think it it was sort of a big one for me when I was well. When did this come out? Two thousand and eight. Two thousand and eight. So I would have been seven. Eight, it's like eighteen ish. I mean, hang on, did it? Two thousand and three. No, it really. It yeah, no, I think. I don't think it did. 2000 and, it, it, no, 2004. Okay. 2004. Yeah, I was like... I Sorry, was I'm like, looking yeah, at punk. I was like 14. I'm so. looking at punk goes crunk. Yeah. <laughs> More on that later. No. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I was sort of in peak teenage years when this album came out and it, it got me. I was a, co- I was a, a fan of this band ever since. So, just aging myself there. Doing, doing, my, doing my age levels. So, fuck's sake. So, I picked it on a, on a on a couple more levels than that as well. I actually, I really think that this is like of that era of like emo, power pop, pop punk, which it sort of doesn't fit with at all, really, does it? Like, it's, I don't know. Like it, it sort of it does, and it does. Like I don't know. It's it strikes me that it's always been a bit of an odd one out. Like it it combines so many elements of so many different things, but yeah. I think as, as a concept and musically, it's one of the more ambitious records that. Yeah. I think for like the year that. it came out, it's doing a lot of stuff that bands a few years later were doing a lot more of yeah, like, for um, sure. like sort of, it starts with like panic at the disco and like fallout boys yeah, go bit. on, go on to like perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even my chemical romance, like, yeah, there's a lot of, there's well, a I lot think of like we're kicking around at the same stuff, time. Like, but like with with this, yeah, because for some context before we get into it, this is very much a concept record. I don't know if you got this while you were listening well, to it. Well, no, I, 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 I mean, it is and it isn't, isn't it? Because I was, I was looking into it and apparently it started off as, one, he wanted it to be a full concept record. Yeah, he, he, and he, he lost began, his mind. Yeah, he sort of began, began writing it as like a pseudo rock opera. Like a punk rock opera. He went full rivers and you never go full then, rivers. <laughs> And then, and then, yeah, and then it sort of became an album about writing an album, about mm. writing an album. It's like the most like meta thing. 
Did ever, you, isn't it? Have like, you it's, it's heard like, that he apparently thought that he was in a mockumentary at one point? He had he had no. a he had a um, he had a breakdown and he thought that he was f- part of a mockumentary and there was a camera crew following him round. Fuck. And he went round in Brooklyn just talking to people who he thought were his friends. And Jesus he, Christ! Thinking that he was in this mockumentary, like like a Spinal Tap sort of thing. My God. Yeah, and then he had to have a break after that because he had literally had a break. So, yeah, it it drove him insane trying that, to. That could be actually trying to write this the album. time of their. Th- no, I think it was probably later because there's an album that they released, their their self titled album, and for a long time it wasn't on streaming services, and that tells me that he broke his contract during that album cycle. Right. That's what that's what that's now telling me. I think is that the reason that the right the rights have only recently gone back to him for that album. So I would assume that he just wasn't allowed any pennies for it. It says um, Wikipedia says Beamis struggled with different ideas for the record and decided the album should focus on the artistic struggle. The fact that every single creative person has a sick ambition to affect some sort of change in society with their art. To be more than just a guy in a band, actor, poet, or sculptor. According to the album's liner notes, Is a Real Boy was originally intended to be a rock opera. Yeah. Complete with a narrative cast of characters, blah, 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 blah. And um, you can still hear a lot of that going on. However, Bemis became overwhelmed by the entire creative process of writing and playing most of the instruments and had a breakdown. He, he's quoted as saying, I literally lost my mind while we were recording. Yeah. And, he, and the breakdown was him. Pre- was precipitated by a mockumentary discussed by Beamus and own hair. Oh, he he thought, because he used to joke about it, he thought he literally was in it, in a mockumentary. Uh, you never recorded this on Line 6 Pods in the producer's house. Really? Yeah. That's so good. And then hired a studio for, to do the drums. Again, another thing that a lot of bands do now. That Yeah, but back then, Line 6 Pod was, must have been trash. But it's, it doesn't sound the like... Guitars, the, guitar the guitars on this record are pretty good. But He, he said like he, if he was to do it again, he wouldn't do it. But he'd want to do it through amps and shit and do yeah, it yeah. properly. But I think albums are like a sort of... Part of what makes them good usually is the conditions they were made in as yeah. well. And like this is an example of it. Like It could only happen like this if he was in that state of mind, in that place. Like... He, Oh yeah, because let's I, I, let's not beat around the bush. Like this album's batshit crazy. It's nuts, like, li- yeah. lyrically and musically. Like it, it. This is what I mean. Like it, it doesn't fit really with much of what was going on. I, I was listening to it again all. today, and it's really hard to listen to it with like the context of two thousand and four, where you nothing like this was out then, really. No, it was I, like alkaline trio and shit with like the emo, like the sort of. Well, emo hadn't really hit. No, yet, it, right? but that's what I mean. It was like from here to infirmary just, and shit. It was just hitting, I think. And that is like pulls apart from Around what this or like the Blink One Eight. Maybe the Blink One Eight Two self-titled album had come out, but like otherwise, like what you what you what's yeah. similar to this? Nothing. Yeah. So that the Blink the Blink self-titled album came out two thousand and three. So that, that's the era that this is that this is like forming in, but. Like, um, like Finch and shit like that, I yeah. guess. Um, but when did Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge come out? 
you see that was the same year but yeah this isn't like that really or it no. has some similar like vibes like it's very it's very theatric yeah and it's very sort of in your face but it, it it's there's so many elements of like indie more punk than like what you the emo stuff that came out at the time it's much more diy isn't it sounding i think but anyway i think we should just jump in and yeah. uh, without further ado uh, the record begins with a song of rebellion um <laughs> that um so yeah so there is a very short i saw it's to write the, the spoken word yeah intro. again so this is sort of <laughs> part of like the whole thing where Rather than it being a rock opera, it's an album by a dude that thinks he's writing a rock opera when actually he's not writing a rock opera. He's just writing personal songs, but it's a lot in the context of it being a rock opera that doesn't actually exist. From from a perspective of a man who's only shagged one woman once, yeah, which is an, which is really funny when you think about it. Like it's a young well, man's album. I was going to say he, yeah, and and he would have been what. 21 or something like that yeah it'd have been at the very at the very oldest like 21 i think but anyway so yes um <laughs> so belt then yeah. track one Sorry, naked bit the belt one. around my waist it was my father's once i still see his face what lyric yeah, I mean, to be fair, the I, I think uh, the lyrics on the first few tracks on this album are, are just, like, incredible. But musically, this song is very... Again, like, it, it's not really like the other stuff. Like, there's there's elements of things in there, but, like, the main riff and stuff, like, it's very rock... The, the riffs are very, like, rock. Yeah, I've said the, the, the first riff is like you could hear like jet or someone doing it yeah. t- until it goes discordant yeah like it's very like sort of bell bottoms and stamping your feet for a yeah, minute yeah. isn't it and then it goes like a little bit more emo from yeah there. then it goes yeah it's a bit there's a bit more of like a punk chord progression then in in the verse um but i like the chorus is great Cause it, it's like a really like mel- melancholic sort of vibe in it in the verses where he's sort of like quite angsty and it's then it just goes into this crazy all uplifting. very a lot of the choruses are very whoa whoa sort of ooh ooh yeah. sort of hey hey sort of yeah. choruses to try I think very like anthemic and very very, very, very chanty yeah ca- catchy but again made for cr- that's for people to sing back to him. Basically. I also think that that's part of the, that sort of stuff comes from it, it originally being intended as a state, like something that could be done yeah. on stage. Um, because it's, you can hear, you, I, I've always said that like this album could be performed as a state, like uh, as a stage show. Yeah. And that I would probably pay to watch something like that. If someone could interweave like a narrative around what, cause you could almost his narrative got do a it, bit destroyed. Like, you could almost write it as like, him writing the album in the studio. Yeah, that, that's sort of how the, I that's uh, sort of how I hear how it he as I'm listening into, to it. Now. Descends into madness through it because you can almost hear that sort of happening. Yeah. Kind of um, so yeah, Wait, let's I, write it right I, now. I really like like the the end part to this song as well. That bit that's like I don't know, like offering people out for a fight in the alley. Oh yeah, the what say so yeah, what say, what say you. you again? Yeah. Like you said before, like it's very. 
chanty, very like repeatable, very catchy. And it, it does things that you've, like we mentioned earlier, that music wasn't doing back then where it sort of just starts going, dun it, dun it. Yeah. You're like on the offbeat. Yeah, like. yeah. And like the, those guitars, again, like the way that the guitars are played on this record isn't in keeping with the other stuff that this band was sort of jumbled in with at the time, in my opinion. I noticed, like, I listened to it again earlier and I was sort of noticed how every verse in this album is like a study in how to do variations on guitar yeah. and, 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 and mix things up. And I reckon that's half of what dro- drove him mental. Is, is Probably. I, how, I, think... I would love to know how many takes he did. Because obviously if it's just in, in the producer's studio, he's just living at his house in Brooklyn. Mm. They'll have just spent days just doing different takes and different rhythms and different... Yeah, I think actually a really interesting piece. Like if I if I had the time, the energy, <laughs> and the the required academic qualifications to do a study, right? On I could I could bet you that any artists that have taken such a hands on approach to playing and record the writing, playing and recording everything mm. themselves they all end up the same way. Like they all end up yeah. at some point or another losing Nuts. their shit because Prince, Prince, um, Bowie to an extent, I think, but I don't know how much he that played. Was mostly chemical. But, I think. Yeah. But well, how do we know that there wasn't chemical stuff going on here as well? Yeah, yeah. True. And then you've, you've got, yeah, there's all sorts of people where you just, you look at them and you can, you can just see it like, because there's like there must be that many things buzzing around in your head, like ideas yeah. for like you're thinking about all of the. Th- yeah, it's a bit like a mad scientist vibe, isn't it? Because you you sort of you've got that much going on that you just you just go nuts. I saw a band a year or so ago in Derby. We played Derby every year, and they're from Derby. I'm trying to narrow it down because you know me. I can't, I was like not dragged to it. But it was like a, like a friends would go. If my friends were going, and they asked me if I wanted to go, and I just go for the hang. Usually, if it's a band I don't know that well, and um, they were like that in the sense that it was like this guy who was clearly now in his mid forties, and he's still got the emo hair. And I think he writes a lot. He does a lot of writing for like, still for like sort of. He did. I'm trying to think who the, who uh, who the yeah, hell you're on I'm, about. I know. Um, I feel like I'm going to know who it is. Yeah, you probably will. I'm tr- I'm going to look it up. Uh, I'm going to pause the episode. It was Lost Alone. Stop <laughs> shouting Lost Alone now at your headphones. It was Lost Alone. Um. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's probably... My point to Lost Alone was that he's that... He's that, that guy, guy as well. Like he's, He just yeah. does everything and they all just turn up and do the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the tours. When they don't happen, playing home to, <laughs> a hometown gig once a year in Derby, I think is what they do now. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you can definitely hear that he's trying really hard on this record is what we're saying, basically. Yes. Like, there's a lot of try-hardery going on here. How um, did... <clears throat> did he have a deal? And if he had a record deal, it's just 
solo performer doing a, an original, like a first album. Did he have a band before, or why did he like have a? Interesting. Like, I don't know why he was a thing. Where um, he came from? No, it was a band. Um, the band announced his Doghouse Records formed in, formed in 2000 um, by Max and his friends. Uh, they self-released two EPs and a full-length album in a couple of year, over the first couple of years. And then in 2003, they signed um, and made as a real boy. Uh, they picked up new members, and then they began touring. And um, unfortunately, yeah, uh, Max Beavis has bipolar. He had drug addictions. And it, it, yeah, it's basically in 2005, five band members left because of all the shit that was going on. Well, I mean, I don't think they were involved in any, any of the writing, were they, anyway? Like... Probably not. I think the drummer was, and that's it. But yeah, your you point stands. Um, but he did. It was a band. It, it was just his. He was the chief songwriter, right? So yeah, um, and Kobe Linda, who was the drummer. Um, whoa, yeah, whoa. Track two, Edgar Allan. Whoa. Um, again, this song is similar-ish to the first song, I think, in the way that it. In the way that it sort of, it's got like a waltz going though yeah, as well. Like, it's, it's which became I, I feel like actually an emo pastiche. After it sort this. of, yeah, yeah, a little bit. This is where you can hear stuff that would be like the Panic at the Disco. When was that first Panic at the Disco record? I think I feel like we're going to be either, surprised here. I think it was like oh five. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, they were formed in oh four. So. so I remember. When me and Karen first started courting in two thousand and five, yeah. So, yeah, you can you can definitely hear that 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 sort of vibe is coming. But again, this was probably before people were were used to hearing stuff like that in music like this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like punk and pop punk was very da 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 before. Yeah, before like this. different different rhythms and different sort of. I guess like AFI were maybe doing something a bit. Different. Yeah, they were like more down the like sort of industrial techno sort of. Like, yeah, and like line, it was like they? more melodic. Like, I guess they were like more like a melodic hardcore band than AFI. a pop punk band. But um, I'll, I'll always sing their praises, sing their sorrows. Hey, oh. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so this is like a almost a contrast to that first song where the the verses are very swingy and a bit more like jolly sounding, mm. like a bit more like da da da, and then it comes into the chorus. And it's still swingy, but it's a bit more like angsty, isn't it? Yeah, it's about hipsters, isn't it? And, yeah. and getting laid. And most of the songs are. Yes, he was in Bro- he was in Brooklyn, wasn't he? So he was just in sort of peak, like sort of meet me in the bathroom hipster times in yeah. in, in that you know that era. So yeah, I mean, that, it's weird that that's like the sort of in the mainstream that scene is the big scene. That was happening in that point, like sort of the Strokes and 
yeah and stuff yeah and you, but you can also, v most you stuff. can also hear elements of that sort of stuff in some of these tracks as well yeah in my opinion like you can tell that it was recorded in that that first riff that we were just talking about in bell is very yeah. like that that scene yeah it's very like indie rock isn't it yeah there are a lot of indie rock the producer also worked with <clears throat> hello goodbye yep it's a good sort of touch point of like a probably similar. a simpler version of this yeah what they do um so yeah so or did i can't imagine they're still cracking maybe they that are. boy's got whoa whoa oh oh again it's so repeatable yeah yeah catchy right um it's the overriding keyword of the, of the album whoa yeah i th- i would say so yeah it's it's a, an album full of whoa isn't it um this one, I guess there's not a massive amount to say about it. So It sort of turns into an acoustic song at the end, doesn't it? It's... Actually, yeah, no, sorry. That's, it's just the one that goes... That outro is actually insanely, insanely good. Yeah, like, it, you forget the, it's the, there. The but... rhythms and the between the vocal melody and the guitar melody there at the end, where because the, the, the guitar's going like... the It's like doing down steps, right? Yeah. And then, but... The, the vocal melody is really syncopated over the top. It just, just, just really good. Yeah. Um, um, and then, yeah, and then it's got that synth. Sounding. Of course, it's got that synth yeah. bit. Where it's, where, yeah, yeah. Yep. The synth sounds on this record, as it happens, are actually really cool. I've, I've written, did the producer work with Hello Goodbye borrow the microcorg off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, yeah, it's very microcorg, isn't it? I had one of those. It was the accessory of an the ex, time. An ex-bandmate of ours stole it from me. Um, oh, really? Well, I lent it to him and he never gave it back. Um, Bastard. He won't listen, so fuck you, Adam. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll know now. Um, and then, yeah, so that leads us into my favourite track on the app. Well, I've got two. The next two are both like two of my, my sort of favorite songs probably period really uh the number three is the writhing south you know the line yeah 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 okay is that from a film is it from poltergeist i don't know why what because i swear there's a bit where it was a little kid like with i feel like it's one of those things you only know from like family guy or for simpsons oh, okay yeah yeah where yeah, okay. it's like a, a tv screen with static and the little kids going, yeah, 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 okay, and then and then like goes off to do so. I'm sure it's a thing in a film. Are we pausing it, to Google? Or? I've already looked. I've already oh, tried to look it up. I don't know, but I'm sure it is. And like, it drives me mad that because it seems too random to do otherwise. To say okay at the end, I don't know. It is but it is fucking this album, isn't it? So yeah, um, yeah. Again, the the writing oh, south. Do I just know it from this? Yeah, probably. But again, the guitar riffs in this song are very like jaggedy. They're not like there's a lot of again. It's not. It's not of the genre that it's that this band is sort of part of, is it? It's not. It's not conducive to that early emo pop punk scene. The the music. And the no, song. I remember when it hearing this 
around that time and thinking, oh, this is a bit different. Yeah. Like, and, and sort of gravitating towards it for that reason and thinking, oh, yeah, this is more... Like the verses in this song are, doing are so something good. Else, and the that, guy like, seems to have got something about him. Oh, yeah. Um, hey, 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 hey. Uh, again, uh, yeah, yes. Like, there's Hayes. just so much of that going on in this mm-hmm. album, isn't there? Um, pollinate me, hey, hey. <laughs> Come pollinate me, hey. <laughs> uh, but the chorus, though, that across the room, across the room. No, it's just catchy, right? Nirvanery, if we're yeah. link, linking it. Yeah, to, there's, there's, you can definitely hear to stuff. Gr- like grunge elements in, especially in this song. Um, but the best bit for me is that like bit where it breaks that like that guitar riff like blew my mind. I was like, what? Yeah, well, I've written that again. Like I've said, the mood shift is really of its time. And sort of sounds forced now, but I remember thinking it was cool as fuck for the first time I ever yeah. heard it. And, but now it's like a thing that I feel like has been done to death and people don't really do anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would, it's, I would it's definitely probably because agree with that. of this. It, it sort of, in its own sort of little world, it's like influenced a lot of bands that have gone on after it in yeah. the, within that scene of music. Yeah, yeah, I agree, yeah. For sure. Um, and then, yeah, and then that, that brings us through to track four, I guess, which is this, this This is the song that sort of stole my heart as a 15-year-old or however old I was when I first heard it. <sighs> yeah, it's cool, this one, isn't it? And I, I actually, I stand by that, that lyrically, this song's like hugely important, like, and one of the most ambitious songs of, of an era to me because of what it's about, which is effectively a love story taking place during the Holocaust. Like, how the fuck he came up with the idea to write that is insane to me. I mean, he's, I will caveat that he's, he's a Jewish man. So that. I think he, he said he was, that's where it comes on the interview, from. he said he was watching the pianist. Probably. And that's what yeah, I think. Yeah, he is a, yeah, he's a Jewish man, right? I think he is. Well, yeah. I mean, he released an album called Hebrews that was very much about his Jewish, Jewish heritage. So right, so he is. Unless then. that's a complete concept album. He's, <laughs> and, he's, and he is legitimately... I, I, I wrote it from a perspective <laughs> yeah. of, a, of a Jewish man. <laughs> unless he's actually, actually still batshit crazy. I think we could safely say that he's Jewish. Are you yourself Jewish, Max? Um, no, no, I'm... Um, that album is a trip. I'm a Mormon. Way, if you ever get your... Uh, if you ever get the, the chance to give it a listen. Nah. Absolutely bizarre. I'll check my some calendar. Of the, some of the stuff on it is just weird. Um, but yeah, Alive with the Glory of Love. Oh yeah, Hebrews, 2014. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I say, to me, it's 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 a it's an indie pop song, isn't it? This. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's a pop, or it, or it's, it, you could even just go like, it's a pop song. Like, there's not a huge amount of like alternative themes going on. The sort of strummed chord rhythmic in verse is probably the nicest guitar sound on the entire album. Yeah, the the guitar riff for this is just, I I like playing it. It's just nice to play because it's actually really simple. It's one of those really dead easy guitar parts that you wish you'd written yourself that you never will be able to. And even that lead part as it goes into like the second verse where it's like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a trumpet part, isn't it? It's so nice, but it's simple. Like there's nothing hard about it. No, it just works. Yeah. 
Uh, it just lets the lyrics do the talking, which is... Yeah, which is... This song is a lyrics song. Like yeah. It's, um, like I say, it's it's very... It's like a film. Yeah. Like, I, I think... There may be an element of... I don't know whether he's like... Grand grandparents or great grandparents, or if he knew them or whatever, may have told him stories or or something, or knew he knew of people within the community that have experienced this stuff. Yeah, that was. Going I imagine. On. I think it was his. Would probably his grandparents, grandparents when it right? Like you would assume so. Um, it's a perspective you don't get a lot of though in. Not in popular, like in even 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 semi popular music. music. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it's. Yeah, like I say, it's it's got to, it, it, it has to go go Did, up there as like the most ambitious um, punk song ever written. I think. Yeah, in terms of like the theme. Um, oh God, why why am I like this? I saw this band not long ago. We wrote an album called The Greatest Generation, and that was about their grand his grandparents. Is it, oh God, Wonder Years, Wonder Years. Wonder years. Um, I love that guy. Don't like the Wonder Years. Yeah, I agree. I like. I, I, like, like, I agree. I'm I think I like one Wonder Years album, but I really like going completely Dan, off Dan topic. Campbell's solo stuff. Uh, it's he's it's called Adam West and the Roaring Twenties. is is one of is one of his projects. But it's like it's like the Wonder Years if it was folk, um, <laughs> which and and I love that he's just about to put out. I think the third record. On that project at the minute? You pause. Hello, we are back. Yeah, Paddy was just going off on a tangent there, trying to book us tickets to a show. Um, <laughs> immediately. Sometimes sometimes these things come over you. It's just, you know, um, wild hair. But yeah, so yeah, uh, Alive with the Glory of Love. It's just a really great song. I think if you don't, if you're not listening along, which you should be if you aren't, uh, but if you, yeah, if you're not if listening, you're not along, listening along. It's going to be homework, you know. And you want to go away and listen to a song that expect- is worth listening to. I think this album is a bit of an acquired taste for people that don't like it. It's a bit of a. I think this one will be a bit of a marmite one, right? Um, yeah, I think. Though, I think we're all on a journey with this podcast, right? Like, it's not. <laughs> it's not. A, it's not about. Oh, let's all just do our favorite albums. Oh no, no, it's, absolutely. So I, like, I just think, I just think I'm. I know that this is a bit of a niche one, right? Because this, the wildcard picks probably will end up being a bit like this at times. Yeah, I don't even know what Your, my next one's going to be. Yours this time was maybe an album that is we, quite sort of famous. Yeah, like we might have gotten to it at some point, perhaps. But this one is definitely not. Um, no, not in that same way. So. Yeah, if you want to listen to one song from this album that I think is like an important one that you need yeah, to Yeah, this, is, this, this is, the is the track. Which leads us into the, the much more forgettable Yellow, Yellow Cat, Cat slash Red y- Cat. Yes. Which is, again, I think it's about like factions, isn't it? It's like factions of people and... I sort, sort of... Commentary I sort of take himself, it as... I think, being a fat, lazy shit. Yeah, I see it as him like being a bit of a recluse and being in his house yeah, and sort of viewing like hiding away like watching like people the, fight the neighbor's kids and, and his ne- his nephew his cousin and shit they're just, they're just people who are in like peripherally or peripherally yeah. around him 
I just really like that the the line where it's like I watch my cousin. What's it? I watch my um cousin on Greg the ca- on the couch. He rides alone, which just like yeah, the idea of of when you're sat there on your couch all day that you're riding it, just always like just that that, that <laughs> right. phrase, just riding like, the couch, just riding the couch. It's like yeah, you kind of are right. You you're not going anywhere. No, but, you, but you're, you're riding. You're it. on an odyssey of your own. Um, um, I like that he mentions blazing all day twice, and each time he does it, I, I go to myself, "Hell yeah, brother!" <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, brother! Uh, we can't blaze all day. Hell yeah, yeah this brother. is. A st- I think this is a stoner song. Yeah, I think it's about just being riding the couch and seeing but people out of a window. The chorus, though. Is good. It's emo as fuck for chorus. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, These I'm are my sure. friends. This is yeah. how they have been for always. I think. I think a lot of like late noughties and early twenty tens pop punk bands took a lot from that chorus because yeah. all of those bands were talking about that. Yeah, chorus, literally every right? song that they ever did. Most of these bands do. My friends. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um. But yeah, like. I just like that it's it's quite dirty, isn't it, the chorus? Even though this song's a bit, like, there's quite a lot of synth work going on in it. Yeah, it's... But it's quite electronic-y, even in that chorus, but it's, like, quite distorted. It's Midwest Emo before Midwest Emo, isn't it, this song? I, I think this album is probably... Yeah. Like, well, it's not Midwest Emo before Midwest Emo, because American Football's self-titled first album... Oh, yeah, yeah that, well, that's... But that's everyone's that's, mid- that's everyone's guitar riff. For, that's for, not for like mid- I guess Midwest that's not emo. Midwest emo though, is it? That was right. just emo. Bef- they were just an emo band. Now they're a Midwest emo band because a bunch of emo bands in the Midwest, about fifteen years after they stopped being tuning. a band, just went. Oh, this is really good. This is really good, and then they reformed. I want to do like twiddly diddlies. I want to do more yeah, twiddly twiddlies. Um. We might get to that album eventually, I don't know. I feel like it is one of those important ones, but it's also not very good. No, the first track, you're like, oh, yeah, cool. And then after that, you're a bit like, oh, I've had enough now. I am um, anyway with that, with that album. I like, the, I like the later good. stuff better. Um, yeah. The Futile. The Futile, the Futile. Oh, yeah, the Futile. The Futile, the Futile. <laughs> the Futile, the Futile. What's it? I can't remember the exact words now, but... Um... Yeah, again, this is quite a forgettable one, I think. That, that, this album gets lost gets lost in the middle. I've um, I've written down the lyric, I'm eating rat poison for dinner. Because yes. emo is fuck. You're so emo. <laughs> Leave the, pull the cord from the phone, I'm dying <laughs> in alone. But again, nice, no one was writing lyrics like this. This nice bop bop. In 2003. Backing Bemises. I don't think. Yeah. Backing Bemises. Backing Bemises. A room going, full of Bemises. Did you know, by the way, that he, he was uh, a writer on uh, the X-Men comics for a while? And yes, yeah, I saw on his, I think he did a lockdown um, Q&A and he was mentioning that he was doing that. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a comic, but he, he does a bit of everything. He also opened like a song store. Where song it, store well, well say you were getting propo- say you were getting proposed say you wanted to propose oh he would like such is the way that he so you can tell like he hasn't he's never escaped that that's like having songs yeah like 
He's like the um, Lin Lin Manuel Miranda of emo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I would say so because he he also has like that like musical sort of almost like musical theater sort of vibe about him. I think in a lot of his music, it's not just this album. Like a lot of his albums have, have like concepts. They have like they could easily be both from, pulled from a stage both loose, show loosely sort. about new york yeah is he Lim manuel miranda. miranda he is <laughs> i've never seen them in the same room have you no sticks on a fake goatee and just he's alexander hamilton all of a sudden sticks on a fake goatee and tans I've got. I can't think of a good a good pun, and it's killing me. <laughs> oh well. Oh god. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So yeah, not not a lot going on in the futile. Big the big big chanty chant chant. Yeah. Spider song. Spider song is weird. I really like the guitar riff. Because it's like all off kilter and weird. But then it talks about crawling inside someone. <laughs> it's kind of really off-putting, isn't it? It's a bit of an I'm ick. growing legs. I'm the spider crawl inside her. Yeah. Go! <laughs> um. Um. I've just said this album yeah. is so copied by everybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Far too stoned to leave my bed. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Again, he is said... Is that this song? Yeah, yeah, it, is, yeah it, it is, yeah. yeah. Another yeah. hell yeah, brother. <laughs> there you go. So I lie awake instead. Is that... Is that the, uh, possibly. Possibly. Like that. Anyway. We move uh, on? Yeah. Yeah, we move on. Audio of Critics is a great again it's like a quite it's like a rock song isn't it again you could have this, i remember the first, this could be like the a first 10 seconds song. of this song i was like i don't know if i can handle the handle this song like, yeah because it's that it starts off he's like screaming and it's like this is, doesn't fit on here it's released listens to song on this album on i love it he brought me Once to my knees going. so emo yeah um, I really like that chorus though, like that how it breaks because it's quite. I'd say like the verses are probably it's as heavy in the guitar work as this album gets. Yeah, it is. It's it's the heaviest song on the album, <laughs> and it goes all my Sharona at the end yeah. as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've said it yeah, sounds. No, I like this song. If. If Billy Talent guy sang on it, it'd sound like a Billy Talent song. Yeah, 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 definitely. I could hear that. But no one else sounds like that. Yeah. No, this is the no, no I think they. this is about this is the angriest it gets. Yeah. An orgy um, of critics. Yeah. What I wonder what that's it? about. Yeah. It's just about the state of the music industry, really. Isn't it, it could be, could be well, it is. Is it? I think so. Okay. Every man has a Molly. Here I am, laid bare at the end of my rope. Um, I will never have rough sex with Molly Connolly again. Like, this is legitimately a song about a girl that broke up with him because he writes songs, songs about, about the girls girl. In, yeah. <laughs> which, which is, again, but does Molly Connolly actually exist or is this a remnant? 
He says um, he says it's Molly Connolly is like a amalgam of all yeah. different girls in different. I can say of, is I can say or is it? Yeah, is this? I feel like this is probably one of the remnants of when this was going to actually be a full-on rock opera. I could hear this song being sung from the perspective of a character. Yeah. I've put, this is one of my sort of flights of fancy that I like to do when I'm going through this listening process. I've written, he really put himself through it. Imagine being, being the producers on this, like, I don't know, man. I don't think we need to go so hard trying to prevent him Phil Collins Tarzan in it. <laughs> it's a Phil Collins Tarzan of emo albums. Yes, it is. Because a lot of the songs could easily just be a dude and a guitar, right? Sorry, a lot of these songs. I've just spoiled what, what season two wild card's going to be. <laughs> I so hope it's the Tarzan soundtrack. <laughs> if you do Tarzan soundtrack, I'm going to do a soundtrack as well. It's going to be. Maybe we should do soundtracks. Yep. That's Maybe we what should it do is. it. Tarzan special. <laughs> That's what we're gonna do. Oh, we'll talk about that off off air. Um, <laughs> the idea. Tom's had an idea. Um, no, I I think yeah. A lot of these songs could just be like a du- like a dude on a guitar or a three piece band or even a four piece band if you wanted to. Be, but he 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 didn't stop there, did he? It's like he wrote the songs and then he was like, how can I make these as complicated as possible? Yes. Yeah, he did. It, it was um, like, it's just, every, yeah, like everything. He, he's clearly tried to write the guitars and the, and the lyrics 15 you times could say, per, per track. You could say that he's gone a bit Steely Dan. It, yeah, it's like a one-man, <laughs> it's a one-man Steely Dan album. Uh, in the yeah. sense that it's just him, like they didn't, they did it the other way where they had other people's ideas. Yeah. Whereas he's literally just worn his own brain out trying to think of stuff. Is he knocking? <laughs> yeah, just for contents, Paddy's cat's just cat's just pulling what pulling pulling uh, laundry off of the radiator. Cat's gonna cat. Now he's just staring at me. He's gonna kill me one day. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah, again, yeah, it's just all it's just all really complicated, isn't it? Like he's trying to perfect the songs. Like he's not content. So whereas a lot of like punk bands like we did Green Day, right? Yeah, you a can't lot of that is quite carefree. You can't imagine they they spent more than an hour per song no. thinking about what yeah. they were doing really Green Day. Whereas, whereas this, like with this, like he's he's written the songs probably on a guitar and then he's gone, right, how can I turn that into a Full production. <clears throat> Slowly through a vector. I quite liked this one. Yeah. This is one of the, I think, more straight up like catchy, poppier songs on the record, right? Yeah. I mean, the band, I was in a band called Rookie League, and I feel like we stole this song on every single one of our songs with a. You think? Passing slow, like the sort of the the gang shout. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, again, that's something that wasn't being done a huge amount in in emo music at this time. No, it came with that sort of pop punk revival that happened about three or four years after this. Yeah, and they were doing. He was doing it before. What a guy. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, there's not much else to... Again, there's lots of, like, repeatable, like, whoa. I think... There's a lot of, like, um, theatrical harmonization going on in a lot of these as well. Like, it's the sort of harmonies you get in, like, a stage production, aren't they? Yeah. For sure. Cheer like, cheer like I shall grow. Yes. Yeah, this is forgettable. The, the, the keyboard at the start is kind of cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> photograph, bath, photograph, bath, photograph. What? Yeah, some some of the lyrics, you can definitely tell where he was starting to fray around the edges, right? I've written, I can imagine having this on, on my iPad Nano on a bus or drunkenly walking home from a night out. Yeah. Processing what had gone on back in the day. Those formative times when you that shape you when you grow up go hand in hand with music like this for our generation. Like yeah, like you can imagine like like I not these weren't my bands, so I don't have that same thing with these. Yeah. But like a lot of bands of that era like putting them on and sort of like yeah, a, yeah. a walk home or like a sort of drunken like night out or whatever. And it's like like, I feel like iPod music, I guess people do it still, but like, I don't, because I'm an adult, so I don't walk, do a lot of I'm commuting, a lot of commuting and walking. Yeah. But like, this is like, for me, like, bus music, walking music. Yeah, yeah. Teenager processing thoughts and feelings sort of shit. Yeah, which is exactly why I'm like, I just got enamored with it. Yeah. That age, and I just always come back to this album over any of their others, really. Because um, it takes you back to a, a, a specific time, like albums when you're that age are the ones that you sort of end up latching onto forever, really. Yeah. So. I want to know your plans. Aww. Well, after this, I'm probably going to go to bed, if I'm honest. <laughs> Wait. This is just a nice song. I've written, I'm getting emoed out by this point. <laughs> That sounded like um Well, it's the synth line from this song, but uh yeah, this is just a this is the ballad. Yeah, it is. I I like the acoustic I've written I like the acoustic as a break from the distorted line six pods. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Um line six is baby. Brought uh. to you by the pod. <laughs> um I'd actually be interested. I would be actually quite interested to know how many albums from around this time that were like bands like first studio records or first label records, not necessarily studio because they're not studio. Re- this yeah. isn't a studio record, is it? So no. It's just recorded in someone's house. Yeah. Like, I'd be interested to know like how many were recorded using Line Six Pods because. A lot of like home producers like were swearing by them at the time, yeah. Because they took up no space. They had 150 different programmable and changeable What's guitar the one, amps. The one that everyone like uses that. now, it's like a big deal. There's one that's like complete because whenever you see a gig now, there's nothing on the stage anymore. Like no one really takes. Um, well, everything's out. on racks now, right? Rack, yeah. Uh, I forgot my name. I'm terrible at reciting names of things, as we found out on this podcast. But yeah, so like, if you go now to gigs, it's just everything's like 
quite quiet in the room, I always think, for the size of, like, yeah, I feel like yeah. when you used to go, it used to, be everything, it would be, like, deafening. Cause, you know, yeah, because nobody, be a full back but line. also nobody knew anything about fucking sound no. back then. No, <laughs> So everyone just used to just go, yeah, I'll turn myself up. Yeah. It's like the Spinal Tap thing, isn't it? It's like, oh, I'm just everyone's going to got ears, Everyone's got in-ears in, and, like, yeah, it's a different time. Uh, and then Admit It, which is... I love this song, but it's so fucking weird and goes against everything that you would expect like a song like this to be, right? Yeah, I feel like it picks the album up a bit as well. Like after there's been a few... Well, technically this is the last song in the album. Right. Because the the second lot of seven songs were only added on a re-release a couple of years after... Um, because as we explained earlier, Max Bemis lost his marbles. Yes. And so the band ended up on a bit of a hiatus. He'd already written, wow, I can get sexual too, which was like a, almost like a follow up single. Yeah. But that was just its own thing. And then it, it got released on this. Um, which we'll we'll probably just breeze over because there's a couple of decent tracks on there actually. Um, but admit it, yeah, it's the closing track on the album. I didn't realize I've I've gone up to wow I could get sexual too. I thought that was on it. No, that well it is. It we'll, is. We'll just it breeze is. over the second. Yeah, the, the, I've written the re-release part life for this track. Yeah. By the way, yeah. So there's yeah because it's spoken word right, which mm. is which is really weird. Um, and it's very ranty as well. It's like a Again, this this could easily be a stage performance, right? Yeah, it's but, very, very theatrical again. Um, I really like the like the choruses where where it kicks in. The whoa, is it well? No, it's yeah. Yeah, what do you, do have, you have to say, say for yourself? Say for yourself. Yeah, whoa, whoa, I, whoa. I really yeah, I really like the my car and my guitar part. Producer Fred. I'm, yeah, I'm just trying to stop <laughs> Freddie from pausing on. Freddie, pull it up. Recording. Young Freddie, pull it up. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, I really like the My Car and My Guitar bit. Which is sort of a middle eight, I guess, but it repeats, right? Yes. And he's... Does he proud say of it's myself and the things that I have done. Yes. I'll be just fine, my, my guitar and my guitar, which is almost like he's signing off this album saying, I don't know, maybe maybe he was right, as he was writing this, he knew that it was all going south, right? Yeah. He was like, I'll be just fine, my car and my guitar, as in, I'm probably, I'm, I'm going to fuck this up. I'm destined to end up just doing, having to do this shit on my own because... I'm a wreck and everyone's going to fuck off and leave me. Yeah, like, is there anyone... I mean, I could be going a bit deep there, but... No, that sounds about right for, like, the rest of, you know, like, you what... Know. You're how, free how to the guy you're, is. You're free to whine. It will not get you far. I'll do just fine. My car, my guitar. Go! That, that solo is also insanely cool. And then there's that really cool, like, drift, 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 drifting bit where it all goes, like, ambient and... 
piano led for a bit. Yeah, yeah. A lot goes on in this song. It is six minutes I long, but my, there's a lot goes on. My whole thing to, towards the end of this album is it's all so theatrical and it's all yes. so, so important to him that it's very, it's a hard, tiring listen. Yeah, yeah, I, you know I, would, I, mean? I like, would say so, yeah. After all of everything that he's said and he's done and all the different parts and all, like, all every song's like a big journey and a big sort of to-do, not a to-do, but it's very like heartfelt and, and sincere and earnest and, and like it's fatiguing, isn't it, after a while now? When you're young, when you're young, it's like yeah, everything should be. Especially around this time, it was like everything should sound like this and should be like this. Yeah, because you can hear the emotion and the like the the graft that's gone into this thing. Yeah, right? yeah, and you can hear the dedication. You can hear the the, the craft. It it must and it, be, and that was a bit of a breath of fresh air because I feel like this was an era where, not just in like alternative music, but just like music in general. Through the nineties, the idea of the craft got lost. I think. Yeah, yeah, craft of yeah. Sunlight. Like it's sort except of, in a few odd cases, like more I of think, a sort of cool to not care kind of. Thing. It's like you, we'll we'll sort of you know so like grunge. There were elements there where there was definitely an element of craft, but then I think music got infinitely more commercial than it had ever been before. Right, so everything just became like a copy paste job, like. We just want to churn out as much of this stuff as possible. Yeah. With notable exceptions, bands like, you know, like bands like Oasis, bands like Blur, that were probably paying, taking a bit more time about what they were doing. But for the most part, there's so many one-hit wonders in the 90s. There's, there's a reason for that. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like, everything was a little bit... So everyone was like, oh, yeah, let's do that thing. Like, dis- grunge. Grunge got, like, so saturated so quickly. Yeah. Because... And the pop from men as well is very yeah. like bubblegum. Um and like I say, like yeah, so so by like two thousand four, the idea of like an album that had been like painstakingly written, recorded, blood, sweat and tears poured into it, it was probably a bit alien to a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Because even when you think about that Green Day record, right? It's like it's not to say that it's not good. And the reason I'm talking about the Green Day record is because it's probably the closest thing to this that we've got. Yeah, it's it's that that one and um, probably somewhere. You, there's there's, this, no, there's this arguments for Smiths and there's arguments earlier, for Nirvana, I, think, I guess. Yeah, a little bit Nirvana as well. But I think I think with more so with the Green Day album for this point that I'm trying to make is that it's not to say that it's not good, but those songs were clearly not. Like they took, it wouldn't have taken them a serious amount of time to write and record those songs. Right? No, they're very. We wrote these chords. I wrote this melody over it. It sounded good, so we just went with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this is the fucking opposite of that, isn't it? Massively a, so. I wrote this song once. Now I'm going to peel it. I'm going to peel it apart from the scene. You know, yeah, from the scenes. I'm like, going to re- redo it's, it. It's like he's still figuring out what it's about while he's singing it. Yep. You know, like it's very, it's, well, it's, it's, like it's very complicated. The, of, the and, bit, the bit right at the end of this song where it's like, when I'm dead, I'll rest. That the delivery of that vocal is, is insane. Like he's almost like, you can hear it. 
I think it, he's probably fucked by this point. <laughs> like he's just like I'm. I'm done with this. Who are you know? A sort of a southern rock sort of evolution of of, of say anything is. Um, oh my god! Is all get out? Yeah, all yeah, get yeah, out yeah, are I, like a sort. I of think that's why I like southern rock out. evolution of of what what this guy was doing. And I think I think there's elements you can you can tell that bands like. Um, Oh, what are they called? Pine Grove. Pine Grove, yeah. Because he's 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 an LA guy, right? So the band was formed in LA. So he is of that sort of like sandier disposition than I know it was recorded in New York. Yeah, but he's from LA originally. But he's the band was formed in LA. Um, so he's an LA boy. Los Angeles. Or he was at least living in Los Angeles when he he was writing his music. Um but yeah, so yeah, I I guess we just we just sort of go over there was a basically there was a re release of this album. It, so the album is is a real boy. This is called dot 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 was a real boy, uh which is sort of like I say, it's a, a revisit to some B sides, I think, from yeah. the album. Uh with there's two songs, basically it's, I think it's six B-sides. One single that was written afterwards, which is what we'll talk about probably the most. Yeah. It's, it's the most controversial, probably, thing in this sort of music at the time, really, because of the lyrical content. Uh, and there was also, tacked onto the end, was their, like, big song from before they were signed. So they had a song called Walk Through Hell. Right. And like that that was what made them they they sort of developed a bit of a cult following from that. So that got tacked onto this re-release as well as like a bonus track. It was just on the vinyl I'm reading here, but it's now appears on the end yeah. on Spotify as well. So the first track on that re-release, then Wow I Can Get Sexual 2, is yeah. It's a departure because it's it's effectively like a pop song. Like it's it's written like it's a pop song. Yeah, it's, it's... synth led. It's there's barely any guitar really in it at all. Uh, but the reason it gets talked about is the I think is the lyrical content because there's a bit of a like hashtag Me Too shit that came out of this. Yeah, this whole era, this whole era is a, a bit a little bit, a bit like that. I, I think I think. Credit to, to Bemis, though, for being probably the first guy that actually stood up and said, actually, there's a lot of shit going on here that's not great. Like, I don't know whether he's... he's. I think he's almost like... It's of that sort of, like, MSN Messenger webcam, the early yeah. days of... It was like the fucking Wild West back then, right? Like People, it's like, I guess... I call her on the phone and I touch myself. Yeah. It's not something that no one was doing like no and i think that this song just addresses that and everyone just was like oh shit like <laughs> it was a, it was a wild west in a sense i think a lot of people did things online and in like in that sort of world well there was no awareness around like that they how... would never do now because no one realized it was permanent yeah exactly that's what i mean yeah so like like it, it was the wild west in that everyone was just doing shit yeah. Without, without thinking about the consequences. Yeah. And this song just like sums that up to me. In a very like in your face sort of way. 
very cool. Are we good? Go uh, yeah, go I think more. Of- I I don't think so. I think if you if you like if you don't like the uh, the main record, you won't like the B sides here. Uh, I I quite like uh, Little Girls uh, and Is a Metaphor Fool, but I could I could live without the rest of them. Yeah, Little Girls is a great punk song. It's I've actual, I've written it's an actual punk. Yeah, song. I've written Sex Pistols song. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I love the lyrics as well because they're they're just like shock factor lyrics, right? Yeah. I kill, kill, kill little girls. Yeah, who who fucking writes songs that have that as a lyric, especially in the two thousands? Like it's is not it, done. Is, is it, it? pastiche in bands that do songs like this versus him actually doing a song like this? <sighs> I think it's probably pastiche, mate. Yeah. If I'm honest, it's probably very tongue in cheek. The rest of it isn't like that, so you'd assume so. No, and and he hasn't ever shown that he Kills writes. Little girls. He writes, but no, I mean like <laughs> he he. I think lyrically, it's always all of the songs are a little bit like pastiche and a little bit like tongue in cheek, yeah. and a little bit para like para. It's got paradoxical. It's got that about. Is that him. how you it's say that? that? No, pa- paradoxically. Is that what we're saying? That, it's like it's a parody of of something. No, paradoxical is it's is like, a, like like a paradox. A, like a, yeah, like yeah a pro- no, like a problem. No, no, no. Like um, like it, it's it's parodying. That, yeah. There we go. It's it's like most of the, most of the lyrical content is parodying something. Yeah, because that's the way he writes. He's a very sort of he's witty like a, writer. He's got like a joke, witty voice. I without could, even trying to be. Sometimes I think. Ha, have you ever seen? Have you? Well, you will have seen him. Yeah. He, he looks a bit like Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And talks a bit like Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, he does. And could just be Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> Is he related to Seth MacFarlane? He's not related to Seth MacFarlane. But yeah. So, yeah. I got, I, I love this album. I'm not going to change my mind. Uh, you probably a bit more yeah, on no, the I've, fence. Yeah, I've, sort of, I've um, sort of said already, really, like it's got a lot of things about it that I like and I enjoyed as a younger man and appreciated. I've definitely listened to this album before. Yeah. And, um, no, it's, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good example of the, that kind of music from that era that we were sort of all into really. So I'm into, I'm into it. It's, um, definitely underplayed, I think from from the perspective of an, an album of this genre from that time, like I feel like it's one of the more yeah, it's I un- think it's, it's one of the what, like albums, one of the best written albums oh. in in that sort of alt- alternative like niche of that sort of time period. It's it's one of the best in terms of like the actual content. Yeah, like, a lot of effort's gone in there, and I don't think it ever gets the play it probably deserves particularly um alive with the glory of love which as a song is just like it's 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 just a great song yeah that that song is like i feel like most of these albums that we've done have have got one or two that are sort of like masterpieces on yeah and that is the definitely the one from this album from this guy in this album cool cool right well we'll uh we'll see you again in the next one and uh yeah i've been tom and i've been paddy and this has been underplayed or overrated bye see ya